Cheeseheads. Cheeseheads. Get on your feet. It's Curd and Law. Hosted by Sparky Fighter and Ryan Horvath. Hey, it's Steve Sparky, 5 or 12.50 a.m. The Fan, along with our guy Ryan Horvat, Bet MGM tonight with uh, Trista Crick and Nick Cashew yeah. uh, as well. Weeknights, uh, make sure to check out Bet MGM tonight. Always a fun listen. I uh, got to talk some Packers. Now, the last podcast we did, if you missed it, go check it out. It was a complete train wreck. Uh, we talked uh, college football. We talked Bucks basketball. And we threw in two draft classes of the Packers. Uh, that we uh, talked about as well. Very entertaining, very fun, without question, especially if you're a Wisconsin sports fan of all Wisconsin teams. I think you'd enjoy it and go back and listen to that where, again, podcasts are available. So now today, Friday, as we record this, Friday afternoon, uh, we're going to get into what happened Thursday night, Thursday night football, Baker Mayfield, having been with the Rams for two days, uh, doesn't start the game, but comes in shortly thereafter. What was after the first drive or something like that? Baker Mayfield comes into the game, and the Rams are losing the whole game. Had a 61-yard field goal they missed or whatever. Uh, so they, they were having their issues. And all of a sudden, fourth quarter comes, and here comes Baker Mayfield to the point of, I want to say it was like a minute 45 seconds left, 98 yards, no timeouts, and this dude – Says, you know what? I forgot who said it. Bet MGM's account, maybe, maybe not the Bet MGM account. Um, the MGM account, I think, maybe tweeted it out. Somebody tweeted out that it's about to get his John Elway on, and that's exactly what happened. Baker Mayfield got his John Elway on, and I love reading this morning on Friday about that whole situation. At one point, they're running down the field after a play, and he realizes he does not know what the call is to spike the football. So he's like, I don't know what the call is. What's the call? And his center turns around and yells it to him as they're running down the field so he can get the, the call made to spike the football. I mean, that's how insane that whole thing was and how improbable that whole thing was. A minute 45, no timeouts, 98 yards. You can give the ball to Josh Allen, Rodgers, give it to whoever you want. They're not going to be able to accomplish what he did every time. They might be able to accomplish it a couple of times, but not every time. Two days to know the playbook, which he didn't know all of, and they were kind of making it up as they went along in that game. Truly, truly remarkable, Ryan Horvath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, I actually had bet the Rams last night. They were seven-point underdogs, and that was not looking good. I mean, Baker didn't play half bad for a guy that just picked up the playbook 48 hours prior, but – he really came alive there in the fourth quarter, made a nice throw to Van Jefferson. Ben Skoranek made some plays. I'm watching this game, you know, and I've already chalked that up as a victory coming up here in a week. And I'm talking myself into the Packers, maybe having an outside chance to make the playoffs, even though, you know, Nate Silver, his website, they give the Packers a 4% chance. I looked up the playoff odds. I wanted to place a small little bet. You could get the Detroit Lions right now for plus 700, seven to one odds with the Packers right now, plus 850. So that's how much Las Vegas believes in the Packers winning out. Plus, they need, you know, they pretty much need a Giants collapse. They need a Seahawks collapse. Daniel Jones. Yeah, you have to win out and then root for a lot, man. But I'm watching that game last night. But think about this, Ryan, what you just said. So you're saying with what you just said, you need a Giants collapse with Daniel Jones at quarterback. Last year, we would have said no problem. You need a Seahawks collapse with Geno Smith at quarterback. Again, last year, you would have said, sure, no problem. They're totally getting in. And now fast forward to this year, and you look at it and go, eh, it's probably going to be more difficult than we think. Aaron Rodgers, Daniel Jones, yeah. Geno Smith, and the other two are more likely to win out than the Hall of Fame quarterback. 
See, but here's the reason I'm talking myself into this a little bit is because the Giants, I mean, we could see, I could see the Giants going one and four down the stretch, and I could easily see the Commanders going one and three in their last four games. They get their by week 14. So, Taylor Heineke. Yeah. Uh, they need the, the Packers need some luck, but you got to just take care of business. You got to win out. You got to win out. And, you know, the Rams look like they were just going to pack it in and head to Cabo. They shut down pretty much everybody uh, with a pulse on this roster. Cooper Cup's done for the season. Matthew Stafford, we think, is done for the season. I'm assuming he's done for the season yeah. unless they start winning games. And then Aaron Donald, uh, we don't know if he's coming back. But the one thing that scares me a little bit about the Rams, it's not Baker Mayfield or anybody on that offense. I think last night, I think that says more about the Raiders man I know they won three straight Josh Jacobs is playing out of his mind right now because it's a contract season for a running back he wants one more deal before it's over so he's playing great Devontae's been playing good other than last night when they finally kind of took him away but I think that says more about the Raiders and Josh McDaniels man I think he should be fired did you watch that game last night it didn't make any sense like they just kept feeding the ball to Josh Jacobs and Jacobs busted his finger on the one play when he landed on his hand and they had to tape his fingers together he was he was sixty percent going into that game. He didn't practice at all last week. Yep. You know, it, it just terrible, terrible showing from the Raiders. And also the Raiders pass defense, their secondary is garbage. The thing that scares me about the Rams a little bit is their defense is still top ten. They're still top five in EPA against the run. You know the Packers are gonna want to run the football, obviously, with AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones. So we'll see if Aaron Donald's playing in this game. Uh if he's not, I'll feel a little bit better. But they haven't given up fully yet on defense. I keep saying the same thing about Denver. Like eventually, because Denver, their defense this season statistically is better than the defense that carried Peyton Manning to that Super Bowl. What does that say about Russell Wilson and that offense? They can't Horrible. do anything, man. And he's going to get fired for sure. Yeah. And I don't even know that he deserves, I mean, probably, but you watch and it's crazy the drop off from Russell Wilson. Cause last year he was hurt. You know, this is a crazy drop off for a guy that's still only 32, 33 years old, like with Rogers and Brady and, you know, Phillip rivers and Drew Brees, those guys are old, but Russ isn't that old yet. So, uh, I think that says a little bit more about the Raiders. But, you know, the Rams, like I was saying, same thing about the Broncos. They haven't given up defensively yet. And you just wonder what week that's going to be, though, because these teams are pretty much done. They're not getting into the playoffs. But uh, I am a little nervous now heading into this one. I still think the Packers should win, but I think it's going to be a little bit closer than a lot of people expect, especially if Baker Mayfield plays like he did in the second half last night. It's going to be more competitive than I think everybody thought. I mean, hopefully Cam Akers fumbles the ball a couple of times again because he's having all kinds of problems. He was already in McVay's doghouse. That didn't help last night. Uh, so we'll we'll see how this whole thing goes. The thing that's interesting to me is, man, what does that say about McVay, man? I mean, I, I know their team doesn't have the record coming off of a Super Bowl and they're garbage, but they've had injuries and everything else going on this year to kind of go along with it. But Jared Goff, Took him to a Super Bowl, and nobody thought that dude was good enough to get anybody to a Super Bowl. Now Jared Goff's balling out in Detroit, but to that point, nobody thought Jared Goff was all that good. Then he gets Stafford, who I wasn't sold on being a big-game quarterback by any stretch of the imagination. He takes them to the Super Bowl and wins the damn thing. That's amazing. And now he's going to take another guy that people don't think is all that great, probably, and like Stafford, a top pick. And Baker Mayfield, who Dorsey, John Dorsey took number one in Cleveland and wasn't there to see that whole thing play out. And now he's in Detroit. Oh, by the way, Dorsey uh, revitalizing Detroit. But you look at this with Baker Mayfield. If I'm Baker Mayfield, I'm going, hey, man, 
I know I'm not going to be the quarterback here after this year, but if I have a good run here, I can latch on somewhere as a starting quarterback, you know, going forward from this point on. And you know what's crazy about the whole situation because he was a number one overall pick, and just two years ago, I mean, the Browns were in the playoffs, man, and Baker had a Pro Bowl season. The problem was, you know, the problem with Baker is I actually like Baker, the competitor, but – the problem is, man, is there's something to this. Like, I, I would always try to make the case for the small quarterbacks, the six foot, the six foot quarterbacks, and you could say Russell Wilson and Drew Brees. You know, they're not six foot four, six foot five. Hell, Rogers is probably realistically six foot one. But uh, I mean, there's something to it. Kyler Baker, like you see it, especially when these guys get a little bit dinged up and they can't move out of the pocket. They're getting balls batted down at the line of scrimmage because yep. these defensive linemen are all six five, six six. Now these defensive ends. Baker, though, they did a really good job year one with Stefanski because they had that solid run game, obviously, with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. And all of his like success came off the play-action pass. McVay let him use some play-action. And then for some reason, last year in Cleveland, they, they were only using play-action on like 30% of his dropbacks or less than that or something crazy like that. So it wasn't a great situation for him. I don't think Baker is a starting quarterback in this league, but I think what this is going to do if he has a nice little run, maybe he could latch out. I don't know if it's going to be with the Rams as their backup, but he might have to be a backup you know, here for the next no couple of years. No way. I, I, Chads. Dude, look, you're going to find – Hold on, who's he starting over? He'll go start in Indianapolis. They take every starter that nobody wants anymore and let him go start over. for the Colts. You watch. I don't know. Not if not if because Bryce Young may slip. Because Will Levis is probably gonna end up going higher than he should because he's big and tall and strong. And you know, CJ Stroud, I don't care how bad he looked a couple weeks ago. Wait until he beats Georgia here in a couple weeks. C.J. Stroud's going to go. They're going to end up, I think, drafting a quarterback finally. They can't keep recycling quarterbacks. Watch. Mark. They're you just know. waiting for Arch Manning, dude. They're just biding their time waiting for Arch Manning. They're just going to play a veteran quarterback every year so they can get another Manning and well, then see what happens. Well, I, was Man, North saying, Carolina. I, think was some, I think there was some worries. Is Baker going to be on a roster because he's not for everybody? But you saw it last night. That OBJ stuff, I think a lot of that was nonsense. I think Baker's loved by his teammates. Like, Did you see him headbutt that dude with a helmet on? Yeah, why does he keep doing that? I worry what about is, it. And the dude with the helmet was like, whoa. Like, he got hurt or something. The dude was wearing a helmet. Mayfield just walked away from him after he headbutted him. He did that in Carolina on a primetime game. He was he was the backup. PJ, PJ Walker wins the game, and Baker started headbutting all the linemen. He's like, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, people buy into that. People like that. That's, that's the same thing. Like, last year when everybody's like, what a ride. Rogers teammates think about him not getting vaccinated. And I'm like, they probably think it's awesome that he's sticking it to the man. Like they, people in NFL locker rooms are a lot different. Like I'm sure Gary and, you know, Leroy could tell you much better than me, but uh, you know, as long like people buy into stuff like that and Baker, I think Baker is a good teammate. So maybe he's a starter. Maybe he's a backup. All I know is, the Green Bay Packers better sack them six times here in two weeks, and they better not generate more than 250 yards of offense because you brought up Cam Akers and his fumbles. Not only has he been in the doghouse, he right now statistically is the least efficient running back in the league. The Rams have no run game. And like you just said, McVay is this football genius, right? But still, like you could kind of pick him apart in some of these sure. big games. He loves those second down halfback draws for yeah. one yard when the run game's going nowhere. Um, but yeah, I mean, they should win this game, but good for Baker, man. That was kind of cool to watch last night too. It, it was, was like straight out of a movie. The 15 year old was like, Oh, Baker play tonight. I'm like, well, okay. Yeah. Well, like you, don't you think a lot of people be watching and rooting for him? I'm like he's 
freaking Baker Mayfield. What are you talking about? If it's Patrick Mahomes, people tune in. If it's Brady, people tune in. If it's Rodgers, people tune in. Who the heck is tuning in to watch Baker Mayfield? So what ends up happening, Kay goes to bed and put the, the kid to bed. So I'm by myself downstairs doing work on my computer. And I was like, all right, I'll throw the stupid game on and I'll watch this while I'm doing my work. And sure enough, you know, I get to see one of the best comebacks ever by a storybook kind of ending by Baker Mayfield. Truly, truly remarkable. All right, let's uh, move on to our second topic. Uh, and the last show, like I said before, we did a couple of draft classes. We were all over the place. Uh, so we didn't get to the Goody uh, presser uh, from earlier this week. I think it was on Monday. So we'll do it now. It's a bye week. It's not a big deal. So I watched that whole presser again just before we started taping this, recording it, because it was Monday. I'm old. So I watched the whole thing again. Yep. First off, I want to start with what happened at the end of the press conference. He said something that was so good. So good. And I thought of you, Ryan Horvath. When he said it, I was like, Ryan Horvath wants to hug Goody right now and say, that's exactly correct. Hmm. And that is, he said, when he first got to Green Bay and was in that building, he was told something. And it's so true, and he's kind of went with it forever. If you have a great quarterback, it's worth putting up with whatever comes with having a great quarterback. And it's absolutely a thousand percent true. So all the drama that went on with Brett of every year, not knowing if he's going to play or not play for like the last five years of his career, Dad was like, well, whatever. Right. And that eventually got to be what it is. And you moved on because you thought you had a good quarterback here in Rodgers. Now yeah. you got Rodgers and you're going through the same crap all over again. And yeah. Hey, you'll play. Well, let's see what happens in the off season. Pulling us. Now he's doing Brett all over again. It's the same crap, dude. You've got $59 million. And Goody, the presser was like, dude, we gave him a lot of damn money and years on that contract. We didn't do that for one year. Like we're expecting him to be here for a little while. Uh, and play, but no, I have not talked to him about what next season brings. Yeah, we do that, you know, kind of after the season. And then somebody asked him, uh, "Does the quarterback not not telling you if he's going to play the following year? You know, does that hold up the organization or 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 you know hurt the organization?" I give credit to Cootie, just straight up lying, just being like, "Yeah, no, no, it's good." You know, we got two really good quarterbacks, him and Jordan, and you know, we'll get to that bridge when we get there. Dude, stop. Just stop. If that dude doesn't play, the salary cap hit for a guy that's not even on your roster who's sitting at home retired or whatever the case may be is yeah. going to affect everything. Like, there has to be stress on Goody and LaFleur and everybody in the organization until 12 decides if he's playing or not playing. There has to be. No, I completely agree. And that was my biggest takeaway from the press conference because I didn't think there was really a whole lot there. You know, yeah, he likes uh, how the wide receiver room looks right now. And so do I, to be honest. If Christian Watson's the real deal and Romeo Dobbs is the real deal, you could get a veteran in the offseason on the cheap. You know, the somebody to replace the Sammy Watkins role. You know, maybe Randall Cobb's not back. Maybe he's back. But I'm fine with the wide receiver room. I think they're going to have to make a decision, to be quite honest, on David Bakhtiari. I don't think you could play the guessing game every single week on Friday and Saturday if this guy's going to be on the he's field. Coming, right? He's coming back. I know, he's, but it's a pretty damn important position, is it not? Congratulations, by the way, baby daughter for David yeah, Bakhtiari. I love David Bakhtiari. I know everybody, I want him back. I, I You know, I, I do. We'll see what happens with Elton Jenkins. Uh, the defensive side of the ball, I think there's a lot of work to be done, but like, how do you address that? How do you fix that? Because you've used so much draft capital here the last six years that now what do you do? Draft more guys? Yep. Are you going in free agency? You really don't have the money to do so because that money was committed 
for the next three years to Aaron Rodgers. And while I don't know that I fully expect him to play all three, I do expect him, if he's signing the deal like that, to commit to at least two. And I'm the biggest, you know, I'm the president of the Aaron Rodgers fan club. One thing I will, I, I don't want to put up with, and I would rather just see Jordan Love, and I really do truly mean this, I don't want to do the July, August, we don't know if Aaron Rodgers Yes, thank you. Because he needs to be, I, I'm not... Okay, if you don't want to go to OTAs, I think him, Tom Brady, those guys have earned the right to not have to show no. up for OTAs no. and play preseason. No. But you know what he needs to do? Those guys need to be in the desert with him, eating mushrooms and running routes, whatever he's doing in the offseason. They need to spend a couple of weeks with him. That's what with, I'm saying. With this whole, wide receiving core, would you have a better wide receiving core and y'all knew what each other were doing? I don't care if you don't go to OTAs. Don't care. You had a bunch of young dudes that you're expecting to read your damn mind. Then, yeah, y'all got to get together and figure this out in the offseason together to accelerate the process. No question. Yeah, so he's got to get on the same page as these guys. Because look how much better the product has been offensively the last couple weeks. Why? Because I don't care what he's going to say. Oh, that wouldn't have mattered. That wouldn't have mattered. Like, I think some of it is overblown with the OTAs and stuff. But when you have two rookies that you're relying on to have these, like, huge roles, Christian Watson, I mean, every week they lose is, you know, oh, well, we had this design for Christian Watson. He's a rookie. You know, Romeo Dobbs is a rookie. You know, he should be – Alan Lazard's been a big letdown this year. But the the problem is Alan Lazard, is he really a letdown? He's not a number one wide receiver. never should have had that label to begin with. No, he's a number three receiver. He's nice in that war daddy role that LaFleur refers to where he's blocking down the field. He makes big catches on third down. He's reliable. Rodgers knows where he's going to be. But come on, man. Like, he's not – uh, Devante, he's not Devante. But the other thing, the other takeaway I had though was, you know, I feel like uh, if I'm Jordan Love, I'm pissed. And let me tell you why. I kind of feel a little disrespected because it's always has Jordan Love earned the right to like be on this roster? Has he earned the right to have his option picked up for the fifth year? And I would say yes because Jordan Love, there's never been an issue with that kid. He seems like a great teammate. And look, listen to this. I'm ripping Rodgers and I'm defending Jordan Love. What is going on? It means but, you're getting sick again. But, you know, and then he went out there. He, perf- <laughs> he performed. <laughs> he ran LaFleur's offense. He took what was given to him, right? He made some nice throws. Uh, he looked all right. And so if I'm Jordan Love, I'm like, why does my name keep getting brought up in these press conferences? I want out of here. I'm watching the quarterback play. I'm watching, you know, uh, P.J. Walker from the XFL. James Johnson, Josh Johnson, the guy that's on a new team every year. He's watching Brock Purdy right now, quarterback the San Francisco 49ers. If I'm Jordan Love, I'm like, I'm better than him. If I'm Jordan Love, I'm thinking in my head, if I'm the starting quarterback of the Jets or the Broncos, we might win a Super Bowl this year. I am not sitting behind this crazed lunatic for another year. <laughs> and I'm not waiting to see if I'm starting games until July, August, because I need to be mentally prepared. And I know he's men- you're always mentally prepared as the backup to go into these games. But there's a big difference, man. You know, because that, that means it's Jordan Love's team. And remember, like, when Rodgers was young, like, it was his team, the relationships that he had with yeah. the line. Problem with Rodgers now, and I'm not here to rip Rodgers, but, like, He's the old guy now. Jordan loves the young guy. He relates more to those guys in the locker room. It's kind of like the Favre situation when he was getting a little bit older. I think I think some of those guys rallied around Rodgers a little bit more. So all I'm saying is I want Aaron Rodgers back. I also want Jordan Love back because I think this is that this next year is probably it for Rodgers. And then, you know, I, I think you give Jordan Love the shot. But I don't think Jordan Love should have to sit and wait another so, year. I, I think he's better than a lot of these guys. He's better than Marcus Mariota and Desmond freaking Ritter. Yes. Yeah, well, so, we don't know about Ritter yet. We haven't seen Ritter. I say, I've earned enough to come back and be a backup? No, trade me. I want out. 
That's what so should This is the thing about that press conference. So Goody said uh, that, yeah, we've seen enough of them in practice and so forth for three years. We've seen them develop and take that next step and so forth. And obviously, you know, it takes a while for guys to learn how to win in game scenarios. Any quarterback takes time to learn how to win in those scenarios. But that they've seen enough of him. Okay. So that means that we're good. Then that later really comes up the <laughs> right. Then later it comes up about Rogers' mathematical thing of well, if we're mathematically eliminated, if they want me to sit, you know, I'd be willing to have that conversation. And Goody again, well, you know, uh, we want to win. You know, whoever gives us the best chance to win. If if you had any intention of starting Jordan Love the rest of the year, you no longer can do that. No, because you just said publicly that whoever plays is going to give you the best chance to win. Mm-hmm. Which means if Jordan Love is starting over Aaron Rodgers the last couple of weeks, then you are admitting that he's giving you a better chance to win football games than Aaron Rodgers at this point. And Aaron Rodgers has to understand that's what's happening too. So you can scrap that. I no longer think that's going to happen. Unless Rodgers says, dude, I'm too hurt. I'm out. I'm going to go sit down, play the kid. I'm done. Unless he literally says, I can't do this anymore. Because you just you you painted yourself into a corner and said, I owe it to my locker room to give my team the best chance to win. So whichever quarterback does that, it's going to be the guy that's going to play. Okay, well, that's going to be Rodgers. And to the point that we were just talking about, as far as building chemistry, Romeo and Christian have been on the field a grand total of 52 snaps the whole regular season. That seems 52. high. That's yeah, it. That seems high for what I thought, though. Right. Yeah. Okay, so now... I get three games with him, or whatever the case may be here, to end the season. Three games. Don't you want Rodgers out there for those three games with those yeah. two guys? And Goody, when it was brought up to Goody about these guys being hurt and those two guys get on the field, go back and watch a presser. It's on the Packers' website. He giggled and smiled thinking about those guys being on the field now at the same yeah. time and quickly added Samari into that mix. Hey, don't forget about Samari now. he, you know, He's done some good things this year, too. They know what they might have right now with these young wide receivers. They they know it. They feel it. And if Rodgers is coming back next year, and this is about building chemistry, and if that dude doesn't want anything to do with the offseason, working with these kids or anything else, then I kind of feel like for the last three games, maybe you do have to tell them, hey, if you can play, you're playing. Let's go. Build your chemistry. Now, I still am not a fan of having to play Randall Cobb the last couple of weeks. I don't – there's no reason to get that dude possibly hurt at the end of a year that means absolutely nothing and ruin his whole offseason. So I don't see any, I'm sure he wants to play. I don't see any reason in that. The same with Bakhtiari. Like, I don't see any reason to play Bakhtiari the last three weeks either. Why? No, he's got to be out there. Why Why press the issue with that knee? Just give him the rest of the season off. Let Zach Tom go play left tackle and, and save his knee. What happens if somebody rolls up or somebody hurts that knee and now he misses the beginning part of next year or is out the whole offseason trying to get, you know, redone? Or I mean, I don't know. So there are certain older dudes who I'm willing to protect at all costs the last three weeks if they're eliminated, which I don't believe they can be on their bye week necessarily, but they could be shortly thereafter that. Um, so that was uh, another thing that I, I found very intriguing. The other thing about Jordan Love that came up was, and I don't know who asked it. I'd have to go back. Somebody asked him, hey, man, somebody call us Juan Jordan Love. W- what are you going to say? Now, he could have said, Goody could have said, hello, that's my quarterback in the future. I'm not trading Jordan Love. That's my guy. We're rolling with Jordan Love. He could have said that. Did he? No. He said, 
I don't know, man. We'll see. We'll see what what the offseason brings and kind of see where it goes from here. But Jordan Love, he's he's really good quarterback now. He's really good. We like where he's going. We like how he's developed. But he he did not just dead end it immediately and go. He's our guy. He could have. He could have very well have said. He's our guy after Aaron. If Aaron plays two years, then he's our guy in the third year. If Aaron plays one year, he's our guy in the second year. If Aaron retires this year, he's our guy next year. Like, he's our guy. He could have locked and stamped it in that he's our guy and I'm rolling with that kid. And then you, who was acting like Jordan Love previous to me talking, would not have felt disrespected, would not have been mad, would have seen a path of, okay, my GM loves me, I'm going to be the guy, I'll get a contract worked out, and I'll sit here and wait for, as you called him, the crazed psychopath, or whatever you call Rodgers, to get done playing, and then I'll go be the quarterback. But instead, he kind of left it wide open, kind of like, yeah, you know, I'm not saying we wouldn't trade him. Maybe. Good offer comes. I mean, I really think if somebody offered them a one for Jordan Love, I think he might trade him. See, I just feel Jordan Love, like, you got to feel his pain, though. Like, he's like 24, he's 25, and it's like, you know, everybody's been there, and you're, like, doing this job, and you're like, man, I'm not even doing what I want to do with the rest of my life. Pretty soon I'm going to be 30. Then it's going to be like, (laughs) my life's over almost. My career's almost over. On my 30th birthday, Horvat, I was depressed all day. I thought my life was over. I remember it like it was yesterday. Had a family dinner. I sat there just depressed. On my 40th birthday, I was good. My 30th birthday, for whatever reason, I was out of my 20s, and I felt like I was an old man. I just want to know, like, how the hell does Aaron Rodgers, how do they get this deal done? Three years, all this money, and I love Rodgers, without being like, dude, you have got to commit. None of this. We're going to wait until the offseason. Nonsense. We need you today to say I'm going to be here for two years. Instead, I mean, it's still the, you know, and I give credit to the reporters. They're like, Aaron, are you still, you know, undecided? Yeah. No, somebody, what somebody should say, Ryan, somebody should say this. Aaron, do you feel like you're doing what Brett did to you for five years where it was, I don't know if I'm going to play every offseason? And how did that feel when you didn't know if you were going to be the quarterback every offseason? Do you feel like you're doing the same thing right now? Problem, they would ask him that in New York. I'm just saying, because, you know, the last time this all went down, he said, well, I've been talking to Jordan the whole time and keeping him in the loop while I didn't know what the hell I was going to do. But, okay, good. So you told him you didn't know what you were going to do four or five times in an offseason. Congratulations. You're a grown-ass man. Figure it the hell out before June or May. Like, remember when Ted gave Brett a deadline and then he couldn't come up with it, so he retired the first time crying and weeping and everything else, right? Yeah. They need to do that with Aaron. I'm the, sorry. Like, the, you, the tell, you tell me. We are not waiting because let's say he goes, well, I don't know. And then, okay. And then we get to July. Now we're getting to the training camp. And he goes, mm, still thinking. And now we get to the first preseason game and Jordan Love's out there. And all of a sudden, Rodgers walks in. Yeah, I'm good. I'm going to play. What? Like, you're going to allow that to happen? I mean, what are you really going to allow to happen? I mean, Favre tried to break into a family night practice to try and get back with the team. And they told him, get the hell out of here. Man, there was cameras that- watching the plane land with him and his wife. And everybody's wow. cheering for him. He's in a suite. Oh, my God. I don't want to live through that again. No, I passed. Pass. Well, no. Aaron, is, Aaron, is, Aaron is a little – like, he's not that bad, though. I think Aaron just really just – and, and here's the thing. Dude, I think he's already committed in his head to playing. I don't know why all of a sudden he likes this attention. He's playing football next year, and he knows that he's playing football next year. 
Nothing's going to change that. In his head, he's probably thinking, well, hey, man, tomorrow's not guaranteed to anybody or something like that. You just know it, though. And, here, and here's what I'm saying. The last thing I want to say about it is here's the problem with the Packers right now. Look at everybody with a microphone in front of them. Like, which one of these guys do you want leading you to war? You got LaFleur crying every other press conference. <laughs> guy, you're the crying. one that de- you're the guy that decided to give Aaron Jones four touches. Get the tears out of your eyes and tell us why. We know it's unacceptable. We've been telling you that since 2019 that it's unacceptable. You tell us why it is still a thing in 2022 that your best player had four touches. That's unacceptable. That's on me. We know it's on you. You're the play caller. Who else could it be on? Unless Rodgers is changing every single play at the line of scrimmage. And I and I know that that's some people's take. I don't think that that's happening. I and he's think- not throwing Rodgers under the bus at this point. Well, but, but you got him crying and weeping every other press conference. You have Joe Barry, who I'm not going to lie. I just have to turn off now because it makes me so angry. You have Brian Gutekinds, who, yeah, he's done some solid things. He's done some bad things. But he doesn't. he's not the best talker. He's not the people person. See, and, and I he, disagree. I watch Gutekunst, and I feel like, dude, I could go have a Jack and Coke with this dude and hang I out agree, and talk You football. can tell that he, wants, he doesn't want to be there. Like, oh, it's like yeah. the meeting. And then you have, and then you have Mark Murphy, who God bless him, but yeah. like, come on, man, that's like you, that's like me running a team, you know? I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, hey, Mark, are we getting a wide receiver? But all I'm saying is like, these are the guys leading the organization right now, and it scares the hell out of me. Like McCarthy, yeah. God bless him, like not the brightest, right? Like he's he's, but. He had some stones at least, you know, like, like if Demarius Randall is chirping, Demarius needs to worry about Demarius needs to clean his own house. And then Demarius' ass is kicked out of that locker, you know, Uh, you had Ty Montgomery bringing that kick out and fumbling away the season. His ass is out of that locker room. Like at least McCarthy had some, some stones, man. I love the floor, but he seems like really scared. And then anytime he plays against his buddies, they bully him. They shove him into a locker. Robert Sala, who's talking about like drowning the Packers and how they're mentally weak and he just body blows, body blows. He's talking about his best friend like that. Yeah. He was his best man in his wedding. Shanahan shoved him in a locker again in the NFC uh, divisional game. 49ers don't even score an offensive touchdown. How do you have a punt and kick blocked in the same game? This is little league crap that we deal with, man. It is. I'm, I'm I am jealous of the Bengals fans right oh, now. Oh, stop! 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 They have Joe Burrow for the next decade. There have been Bengals fans. No, he doesn't even know if he wants to come back next season. Stop. Or Neo, whoever he decided to be this week with his hairdos. Anyway, yeah. I'm all right. All I'm saying is I wouldn't want any of these guys leading me okay. into battle. <laughs> I want to go back to one other thing Goody said. That wide receiver room right? They were all over him in that press conference talking about, you know, did you think you needed to add something more with these rookies outside of what you added and so forth? And his answer was very telling to me because his answer was pretty much, look, it had to make sense financially, right? It had to make sense for, you know, that person fitting on this team. And it had to make sense for that person fitting in that room. And it had to make sense from not taking away from their growth as young guys. Call me crazy. They don't want OBJ in that room with those young guys. No No chance. They don't want the diva look at me guys in that wide receiver room influencing those young wide receivers. They want the school nice Alan Lazard 
and teacher's pet Randall Cobb. They want those guys in that locker room with those young guys, showing them how they want them to act. They don't need some egomaniac wide receiver, the diva wide receiver, the diva wide receivers that are all over this league. They didn't want to add one of them into the locker room. And I think that is why you didn't see them be more aggressive to go find another wide receiver. For instance, Julio Jones, I could but met you money. They were like, nope, don't want him near him. We're good. We saw what played out in Atlanta to Denver calling in and whatever. I don't want to be there, whatever. Yeah, how about that? To hell with you. To Sharp. You remember that? That was yeah, on TV, I, Julio Jones. I, I yeah, get me the hell out of here, whatever he said. They yeah. don't want that. They don't want that dude influencing their young guys. So I get it. Cootie was almost acting like a parent, like, I am not going to put my kids in that scenario to be influenced and then make it a headache for me in two or three years when they get really good. Yeah, you know what? And uh, it's funny that you bring that up because I was thinking about this a couple weeks ago, weirdly. I was just thinking about the wide receiver room pretty much for the past decade and how good it's been. You know, Rodgers has obviously been surrounded by talent. Yep. None of those guys had egos. And whenever they had a little bit of ego, and I don't really like calling people like divas because, like, I root for all these guys to make their money because they're sacrificing their bodies and their brains for our entertainment every Sunday. And they have their careers are over mostly at, like, 32, 33 years old. I get it. You know, and the best players, they should be divas, and they're fun to watch. Like, I love watching Tyree kill, man. But I also get that you have to pay him a lot of money, and he's kind of a little bit of a headache. And when he's not getting 13 targets, he's yelling at the quarterback, right. yelling at the OC. There's guys like that. Green Bay's never really had that problem. You know, all Greg Jennings wanted was to get paid fairly, and we were like, diva, because he left. You know what I mean? But, like, was he a diva? And I didn't like the way it ended with Rodgers, and I don't like now that anytime Greg Jennings pops up, it's about Rodgers, because I really like – I mean, we won a Super Bowl with Greg Jennings. Right. I like Greg Jennings. He's well. He's a good dude. Um, but I hate that he's become just, like, the Rodgers, like, hot take artist. You know what I mean? But Jordy Nelson, uh, James Jones. James Jones led the league in touchdown receptions one year. Jordy Nelson – is Jordy Nelson Jordy Nelson if he plays for any other team? I don't know. But these were all, like, system-type guys – you know, even the superstars that the Packers have had the last 10 years. And they all, though, have, like, kind of taken on the young guys and been, like, the big brother. Right. Like, you know what I was thinking about was Devontae with Jordy and Randall Cobb. He had the drops early on, but every year he kept working. He kept getting stronger. Remember how skinny Devontae was? Now he's got, like, biceps on his biceps. He kept putting in the work. Now he's the best wide receiver in all of football. And – you know, I'm not saying he got a little bit of an ego, but he wanted to be paid. He wanted to, you know, be in the silver and black, go play in Vegas, big markets in the Taco Bell commercials. He's got a Taco Bell in his house right now and he's gone. But I worry that like, it's going to be hard to draft those kind of guys. Like, do you get what I'm saying? I feel like the league's changed a little bit, or I, I hope that the culture doesn't change because we complain about these guys being drafted in the second, third round, like Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. But those guys fit the mold. Well, you that hope we're talking about from like Randall Cobb and you know what was passed on from Jordy. Even like the years with Favre, man, a lot of those guys they didn't really have egos. You know, every year they'd have 85 grabs, nine touchdowns. I don't know. It just I remember looking at the Instagram and Randall Cobb had like posted on Devontae Adams post when he was leaving. And he's like, I still can't believe it. You know, and it was like this heartfelt post. Yep. And it's like, yeah, you think about it. They hold each other to a standard, you know, and like you, you see that with Christian Watson or any of these guys, they'll have a bad drop. And that's the thing about Randall Cobb. He's a great teammate. He'll be right there and, you know, helping out the young wide receivers the same way they do with Devontae. And uh, so I, I took that away from the Goot press conference. It's funny that you brought that up because I was thinking the same thing. Like, yeah, you know, it makes sense why they wouldn't want somebody like OBJ in here that just wants the 13, 14 targets. They want guys that are going to help the young guys develop. Right. 
That's why it was such a damn shame about Amari Rogers because him and Cobb were so close. You could tell that that one, you know, Cobb, Cobb probably kept asking for second chances for Amari. Absolutely. All right. Uh, last topic here as we are running long. What are you watching for in the NFC this week in regards to the playoff race? Obviously, as the, the Packers are on by this week, what are you looking for, Mr. Horvath? So uh, I don't know if this helps the case or not, but I'm rooting for the Lions to beat the Vikings because I was talking about this with Winkler a couple days ago. The Bears fans, the Lions fans, and those teams, I think that's a fun rivalry. I like John back and forth. I have actual hate for the Vikings. Skull! Skull! What does it mean? I I, I hate them. I I just – I don't like that organization. I don't like that team. I don't like Kirk Cousins. I I do love Justin Jefferson. I don't like Zedarius anymore. So I'm rooting for the Lions, who are two-point favorites over the Vikings, to win that game because it also – it just delays them winning the North because all it takes for the Vikings to win the North now – Packers have no shot at that, obviously. They just need to win a game, and the uh, Lions need to lose. So if Minnesota wins, they wrap up the North. So I'm rooting for Detroit. As far as the Packers sneaking into the playoffs, which, again, 4% chance, according to Nate Silver. Um, I We got the Giants. They're seven-and-a-half-point dogs. We have to root for Philadelphia. You know, right. we need the Giants to go one and four, have an epic collapse here. So I do think that the Eagles win that game. I do think it'll be a little bit closer than a lot of people expect. But the Eagles fixed up their run defense. They just shut down Derrick Henry last week after letting the Packers run all how over How did they them. fix it, Ryan? They signed so, big dudes. That's how they fixed it. Yeah, old, big old guys. Yeah, and they got their big rookie from Georgia back, too. So that Jordan Davis. Out. Jordan oh. Davis, who's up? I would, I would give my arm for Jordan. I would trade Kenny Clark, uh, Dean Lowry, uh, Mike Lowry from Bad Boys, whatever they want. And then I'm rooting for, and I think this is going to happen. Here's my prediction for the podcast, and it's a bet that I placed. I bet the Carolina Panthers to beat the Seattle Seahawks on the road. We got the Panthers coming off the bye. Sam Darnold actually looks like an upgrade over Baker Mayfield. Not, not Baker that we saw Thursday night, right. but Darnold played pretty well. And uh, Carolina – as bad as they are, they're four and, four and eight. They're not mathematically eliminated yet, and they're top ten defensively in DVOA after trading away Bradley Chubb. Or not trading away Bradley Chubb, I should say. Um, or, or not Bradley Chubb, I'm sorry, Brian Burns, because you remember the Rams offered yep. two first-round picks. Bradley Chubb did get traded to the Dolphins. But, uh, yeah, they've actually been playing pretty good football. The Seahawks have come back down to earth. I mean, offensively, they're fine. But their defense, they were the worst defense in the league the first six weeks of the season. Then all of a sudden they were top ten for four straight weeks. I I think that they've come back down to earth. So I think the Panthers are going to beat the Seahawks, and that'll help us out a little bit. Other than that, you know, nothing you look really at the other, But you look at the teams on by, it's a lot of the teams that the Packers yeah. are dealing with here. Saints four wins on by, Falcons yeah. five wins on by, Commanders seven, five, and one. Uh, they're on by, Packers on by with their five wins. You got five football teams on by this week, four of them from the NFC, the Bears being the other one, and then uh, the Colts uh, being the other one uh, as well. I can't, I, I, I can't. I mean. Panthers. The, I want to go back to the Lions-Vikings thing. If oh. you're rooting for the Packers to be in the playoffs, then you have to root for the Vikings because the Lions winning is not going to help anything concerning the Green Bay Packers getting no. into the playoffs. That's the first thing. Second thing, would I love to see the Lions make the playoffs? Yes, I think it would be amazing. I, I just – I think it would be absolutely amazing. They were so bad to start the season – uh, as far as not closing out games, it became laughable. Like every game, oh, they're going to figure out a way to lose this one at the end. Well, oh, they're going to figure out how to lose what. And they finally, thanks to the Packers, got over the hump 
Uh, and then I've just been rolling. And that offense has been good pretty much all year. And you could argue Jared Goff is playing the best football of his career right now. And again, you know, you add your first round pick from Alabama, who's been out all year with an injury, uh, back into the mix now. Jamison Williams, who probably won't be the same player as he was at Alabama, probably till next year or the year after. But yeah, still, but- it's another weapon at some point if they decide to use them uh, for Jared Goff between now uh, and possibly the postseason. And the Lions fans, I mean, come on, man. I mean, there's not a more putrid uh, fan base at this point in the NFL as far as they have watched such bad football for so long. How could you not kind of root for them to make the playoffs at this point? If it's not going to be the Packers. If the yeah. Lions get into the playoffs, I'm rooting for the Lions until they lose, which may yeah, be right it's- away. I think of somebody like Dan Plucker, and I'm like, oh, he deserves it. But then I remember his stupid Michigan team is in the college football playoffs. I'm like, you know what? Yeah. Screw Dan Plucker and screw the Lions. You know who deserves it? We deserve it. That's who not- has more painful playoff losses? Yeah. See, everybody entitled town, entitled town. Are we entitled, though? Because I would almost rather be a freaking Lion fan, Sparky. And no. Then no, because then your season's just over. You can enjoy Mahomes and no, Burrow and all no. the, and Brady in the playoffs. You don't have to have your nuts kicked in when no. uh, you have Brandon Bostic going rogue, jumping in front of White Lightning on an onside return. You don't have punts and kicks getting blocked. You don't have to know the pain of having Brad Jones as your middle linebacker. You don't know the pain of Russell Wilson coming back to beat you in Seattle and then telling you that God wanted him to win and you to be miserable. <laughs> You don't know the pain of who the hell is Colin Kaepernick. Oh, that's Colin Kaepernick rushing for 185 yards at Lambeau Field. All we want are these games at Lambeau Field in the cold weather. Guy shows up with no freaking sleeves, pretty much shirtless, and runs for 190 yards, never to be heard from ever again. Like, you lose to Carson Palmer and the Cardinals, Kurt Warner and the Cardinals. Who else? Eli and the Giants. Add your luck and the Colts beat you. <laughs> At <laughs> his brief time in Indianapolis. That's what I'm saying. Entitled yep. my ass. Yep. All right. There is Ryan Horvath, C Sparky Piper. This this podcast was way more fired up than I, I had envisioned coming into it, but it, it got kind of emotional as, as we went through the podcast. He is Ryan Horvath, but MGM tonight. Check him out. I'm C Sparky Piper, 1250 AM the fan. Always got a whole bunch of new uh interviews up at the website that you can listen to parts of them on the 55 breaks and CBS Sports Radio during the week, and then the full 10, 12, 15 minute interviews are a lot of good stuff uh, this week up on the website. Bill Bender from Sporting News, a national writer for Sporting News, a little known fact. He's a Packer fan. Uh, so I talked to him about Packer football usually like once a month. So that's a plus. He's a huge college football guy. He does a lot of college football for Sporting News. So we get into Luke Fickle and the Badgers. He said he thinks uh, one of the nuggets he had, I'll give you one of them, that he thinks Luke Fickle was the best hire of the college football hiring cycle this year, that he was the best hire. Yeah, Matt Rule and Dion and all that, but he thinks Fickle was the best hire. So See, I agreed. I agreed with that until, what was it, two days ago? Before Flippin' Phil came over to call the plays as the OC. That's the best hire right there. <laughs> that dude. Dude, look at Carolina's offense. Are Sam Howell, Mitchell Trubisky, I mean, even Drake May, he looked like dumped the last couple weeks. Like, look at that offense, though, man. The Badgers, Wisconsin fans, uh, Peepaw and Grandma, they are going to be in complete shock when they see an air raid (laughs) offense. No more Rondane, uh, you know, like four well, yards. Hey, man, they were – what were they? Were they top ten in rushing two years ago or whatever it was? I mean, so they, they, he will run that. the fo- – yeah, he'll run the football. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, it's going to be 
fast pace. It's going to be up tempo. There's going to be, gonna be shots down the. No more Graham Mertz football. Thank no, you. and it's going to be guys that can get out of the pocket and run. Yeah. The pro style quarterback is gone. It's going to be dual threat guys, and the kid that may replace at North Carolina is in the transfer portal. So. He's going to Arkansas this week, and then he's visiting Wisconsin next week. I would be shocked if they don't land that kid to come in and be their starting quarterback next year. I have really quickly before we get out of here, I have some uh, friends uh, that are I have heavily invested right now in Devin Leary. I need him at either two. I need him either at Notre Dame or I need him to be a Badger. My two schools, so. I will pay out of my pocket for Devin Leary, who's transferring from North Carolina State. He's a pro. Problem is he's been playing with Dave Doran, who is a defensive genius. Former Badger coach. Yeah, but David, he's I don't like Dave Doran, really. I, I love Luke Fickle, won. and I love Devin Leary. Get Devin Leary to Madison, and they might, they might be in the playoff. I mean that. <laughs> I have big dreams, man. See, there's two teams, there's I wish, two teams from the Midwest and the Big Ten in the playoff right now. I don't know why we talk about that like it's so crazy. I wish you had been on the phone with me last night, yesterday afternoon. Me and Ellerson talked for 40 minutes going back and forth about the Badgers and what all is going on. I'm telling you, the, the, I'll tell you where the difference is. The difference is, is the person running the university now. She might be the closest thing they've had to Donna Shalala when yeah. Donna Shalala gave Barry Alvarez everything he wanted. Oh, you want to get him into school? No problem, honey. I'll get him into school for you. Oh, we got to get him in? Sure, no problem. I'll get him in for you. What do you need? Okay, here's some more money. Go get that done. I think this lady now running the Wisconsin is all in with Chris McIntosh as far as making sure they can compete. I mean, think about it. How much did you have to pay that OC to come from North Carolina to Wisconsin? How much do you have to pay that dude? You had to pay yeah. that dude big money. You're yeah. paying Fickle more than you're paying Chris quite a bit more than you were paying Chris. So that pool of money you're giving this dude for coaches is has to be significantly more than Paul Christ ever had. Significantly more than Brett Bielema ever had at this point. I think she's all in for sports and, and mainly football. It sounds like right now we'll see about basketball, but yeah. that's the other thing. Like, Hey, Greg guard. I mean, you're off to a good start. You got some good young players, but you, you better not have any slip ups. Cause I don't feel like they're going to sit around and wait for you to figure it out anymore. Yeah, and then you got like like Winkler, like the stuff with Fickle, like just you know coming and you know winning and then leaving. I don't know about all that, man. Now, I don't. I, I do think that I think last year if they're not in the college football playoff, that he probably leaves, right? But he wasn't going to be a distraction when they were playing in the playoff. But I think he may have taken the Notre Dame job before Marcus Freeman. But what does that say that Notre Dame had a lot of interest for years, like because. I, I think they always knew that Brian Kelly would ultimately leave because he kept talking sure. about the resources and he was getting pissed off, you know, about the resources. Finally, I have the resources in the SEC to win a national title. And they wanted Fickle bad. And I don't, he didn't want them. So I, I, that's just the – I agree. That's the best get. Just that coaching staff. Yes. Um, uh, I am pissed about the Jim Leonard situation. I just – I hope that he gets a good gig. It just – that guy just bleeds Badger football. That's why that one stings a little bit. And I'm just imagine him, you know, as the coordinator. But the problem is, I mean, Fickle's a defensive-minded guy. So, I love this fit. I can't wait to see uh, what happens here in the next couple of years. Does Gary think that they have a shot at a college football playoff here in the next couple of years? Or is he still on the 10-2, uh, and two, you know, yes. Rose Bowl? 
Yes. Low, low. Yeah. yeah. But again, 12 team playoff, then obviously they're going to have a shot to be in the playoffs. I mean, we yeah. talked about that before. Even if Crystal would have been here, you would have said the Badgers had a chance to be in a 12 team playoff. So that's not yeah. going to change much. What the question is going to be is can they knock off Ohio State in a Big Ten title game? Can, you know, can they beat Ohio State in the regular season? Can you, can you beat Harbaugh and Michigan in the Big Ten title game? That's really what this is all going to come down to. Can you play with the big boys consistently? Can Fickle get them to that point? That's what we'll have to wait and see. Always end up talking Badgers lately. Every podcast I'm on because I'm so excited. I'm sorry. He's Ryan Horvath. Follow him on Twitter at Ryan Horvath, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, I at Sparky Radio. Have a good one, y'all. And uh, be safe out there if you're here in Wisconsin because, well, by the time you get this, it'll be done snowing. But it's currently snowing uh, quite heavily here in Wisconsin. And uh, I'm sure you've probably got beautiful, sunny, warm weather in D.C. I miss the snow. I'll take the snow. I'll take the snow, my Italian beef, and my golden chicken over what I got here. There you go. He is Ryan Horvath. Have a good one. Toodles.